The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad that you're with us today, and it is a, a holiday week, isn't it, Robbie? It is. It's like, well, I don't know if you got... <laughs> Wait, can you call it a holiday week? It, it, it's it's Valentine. It's not Valentine's Eve after Eve, like, well, yeah, I don't it, know. Well, yeah, it's 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 that made-up holiday <laughs> that, that we celebrate. And, and the good thing is, if that didn't go really well for you this year, we have a great opportunity for you today. We're going to be talking about leveraging Cupid. What a concept. What a concept. And so <laughs> thinking, wow, how can I leverage Cupid? I mean, obviously we're a few days after Valentine's Day. And, and so either it went well or it didn't. It's already in the books. But we're, we're not really talking about Valentine's Day, are we, Robbie? No. You know, in Tozer's book that he wrote, Pursuing God, which is just absolutely amazing, he made a statement that just has my attention, kind of sits in there and makes me wonder. He said, the closer you get with God and the more you pursue him, the more you realize that the spiritual is more real than the physical. And, and one of the aspects of the spiritual, as you know, Elijah was pointing out to his buddy, or Elisha, depending on how you want to say it, exactly. that those who are for us are greater than those who are against us. And, and his partner there got to see you know, the angels. And so what in our lives do we see as real as far as angels are concerned that's true and paul even references that very clearly about you know our battles aren't against flesh and blood right, right? it's in the spiritual realm and so uh, you know paul who you know really knew god pretty well i think you know probably a lot better than me at this point he spent a lot of time with, with uh the followers and stuff and probably and, and he knew scripture you know really really well and so he he knew that it wasn't in what was written as much as what God, yes, it was in God's word. I don't want to imply that it wasn't, but it was more in that spiritual realm. And we read it very literal, and there is a literal application to the Bible. But do we read it with a spiritual application, not just with us and our Heavenly Father, but in a greater landscape of a battle? Right. And so, you know, the concept of Cupid itself is like, really? Oh, yeah. That... that we picture angels, a lot of us, by the things that we saw as kids and whatever, and, you know, that lovely, wonderful, you know, cute and cuddly. But Scripture does not show that. And as we yeah. begin to grasp this reality that angels, they're big and bad, and it's a scary situation. It is, and, and we're going to have a couple clips about how Hollywood's portrayed angels yeah. and, and then talk about how Scripture portrays them. And really, not just the understanding of that, but how do you how do you use them to help in the battle? You know, do we have the authority to command them? We'll talk about that. Yes or no. Do we have, you know, these things, but they are with us. Elisha says that very clearly, right? They are on the same side. We're fighting the same war. So obviously we're allies. You know, right, there is God. just a whole lot going on. And how real is that in your life? And, you know, do you want to take the blue pill or the red pill? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that, 
clip that we've used before, but we love it because it gives us this idea of there's a lot going on out there that is affecting our lives that we're slaves to all the time that we are not seeing similar to what the matrix is. And so as Neo is discovering that, wow, I didn't realize that there was this outside world. Maybe like me, you're discovering more and more how much this matrix is all around us and it's controlling me. And how can I uh, begin to go down the rabbit hole? And so why not play this clip from the matrix? At last. Welcome, Neo. As you no doubt have guessed, I am Morpheus. It's an honor to meet you. No. The honor is mine. Please, come, sit. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole, hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Ironically, this is not far from the truth. Do you believe in fate, Neil? No. Why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
remember. All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. So that was a pretty uplifting, <laughs> <laughs> uplifting clip. Actually, it's a, it's an awesome clip. You know, when you really listen to it, and, and you know, I know that the writers of the Matrix, you know, weren't weren't Christians. They did write it with a lot of spiritual element and things like that. But there's so much truth in that original movie. And you know, when when Morpheus talks about this being a, a prison, you know, for your mind, you know, a prison for your mind, a prison for your heart, you know, that's what that spiritual warfare is really about. You know, I think about the days that I really have a bad day. I mean, there's days that I don't feel well, right? We all get sick, we get the flu or something. But aside from that, the days that things don't really go well, I'm not fighting a very good spiritual battle. And honestly, Sam, I found myself there in January like, wow, I keep getting my butt kicked spiritually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can sense that the I'm not making progress here. In, in certain aspects of relationships with friends is, is these things seem to be blowing up and minefields are going off and I'm losing friends. Mm-hmm. And, and so I began to adopt a strategy of daily prayer of this spiritual battle because I'm realizing that it's going to take some real work in, if I'm going to be in this, in this battle um, because as it becomes more real, you see the casualties. Absolutely. You know, I think that we, as Christians, we learn as we walk, and everybody's walk to God is a little bit different path. We're all going in the same direction, but from a different place. That as we move towards him, we understand that we can't do it on our own, right? And we have to have his spirit. We have to have, you know, his support to get through. But that's not all that God offers. I mean, God offers that, and that's amazing, but that there's more that is needed. And God knew that when he created the stage of which you know, players were going to be, right? He created angels for a reason. He, he created them because they're needed. They're powerful. You know, Paul can't say it more clearly than he says in Ephesians. And I know we talked a little bit about it earlier, but he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yeah, pretty clear. <laughs> right, and they're a, a really, really a difficult foe if you don't have that other group that Elijah clearly, or Elisha, clearly saw and was able to tell his, you know, or, you know, able to help him see what, what the battle was. But it shows how we need the general of angel armies, you know, on our side. But moreover, to begin to understand how it is that we can we can fight this battle and what role do angels have in that? Absolutely. And when you think about just the, the fact that it talks about in Revelation 12 that the, the, the Satan and a third of the angels are cast down to earth, that's who we're battling against. And then there, you got scary verses like Hebrews 13, 2. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers because what? <laughs> <laughs> you may have been entertaining angels. So these people are like in disguise. What the heck? Well, when you think about Abraham and the three visitors that he had was clearly an example of that angel that has not got the wings and not got the inner glow. And we, we got an amazing clip. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we come back. But, you know, there are that's another whole concept that, wow, if you're down in this rabbit hole with Morpheus and whatever, you realize that some of the people that you might have dealt with today 
we're actually amongst that group. Absolutely. And, and angels are active. Like you said, you know, I remember that story in Daniel. When, you know, Daniel, an angel comes to him. Daniel's been praying, he's been praying, he's been praying, and nothing's happening. All right? And finally, an angel gets to him, and what he tells him was, you know, I've been battling to even get to you. The Father sent me. God sent me to you, but it, there wasn't a clear path. All right. I he, had to fight. He had to fight his way down, and he was delayed over a month. And he had to go get Michael the Archangel to come help, right? Uh, and so we're going to learn about Michael when we come yeah, back. Yeah, a different Michael. <laughs> a different Michael the Archangel. The John Travolta Michael. Yeah, yeah it's a little <laughs> different character than the, the Bible says. But hey, why we're talking about it, let's talk about a boot camp. we got one coming up April 6th through 9th. We'd love to have you there. It is a life-changing experience. Go register now. Are you wondering what God has for you in 2017? Well, one thing's for sure, I know he wants you to have your heart back. There is an opportunity for men that's coming up this April, 6th through the 9th. Listen to what it did for Andy. Masculine Journey Boot Camp experience showed me I could truly hear from God and that I could experience Him on a daily basis. Only $169 or make five payments of $33. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register today. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. If you're not familiar with that song, that's uh, from the group Train. And it's really just a, a weird song in the mix of a lot of their other songs from the standpoint. It's about a guy that's just saying, you know, I don't get life. I need hope. I need something more than what the TV's getting, giving me. And, and in that, he's calling on the angels, which we know we need to call on God. But he's got the right thought of, hey, I need some help here. You know, I need somebody to come help me fight this battle because life is tough. Yeah, and... In the apparently in the movie Michael Edith Bunker, <laughs> okay, Gene well, everybody, yeah, yeah, Gene Stapleton, Edith Bunker, she calls on Michael, and she's like saying, "Michael, come down here, come down here," and the, and the people in the living room are expecting him to come down, you know, out of the sky, but he he just kind of comes down the stairs because he's he's a different kind of angel, as he explains. Prayed for help until God sent me Michael. Are we talking about an angel here? We can't be talking about an angel. That is definitely the weirdest thing I have ever seen. When I die and the limits of rest, gonna go what kind of angel are you? Michael 
is an archangel. He battled Lucifer and threw him out of heaven. Well, that was a long time ago. Why are you here? Because this is my last blast. What do you mean, your last blast? Only so many visits allowed. So I grab Beelzebub's blue tongue in my fist. Oh, man. Who's Beelzebub? Beelzebub is Satan. Oh, Satan. <laughs> what is it about you as a woman? Could you, could you explain that to me? How should I know? I'm not the least bit attracted to him. I put a block on you. Oh, sure. <laughs> Remember what John and Paul said? The apostles? No, the Beatles. All you need is love. John Travolta. I remember Sparky. No matter what they tell you, you can never have too much sugar. Michael. I just thought... Halos. Yes. Inner light. Yes. I'm not that kind of angel. <laughs> A Nora Ephron film. <laughs> so, Robbie, a little bit different kind of angel there, right? <laughs> yeah. It is a completely different kind of angel as far as Michael's concerned, but he does have wings in the movie. Uh, you know, he, he headbutts a bull, and there's all sorts of shenanigans that go on, but at the end of the day, it is, it is about love for him, and uh, Gene Stapleton's character obviously had an opportunity to see an aspect of life that I wonder if I get to see. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if I really understand it. And, and one of the things that brought this out to me, when you brought up the, the idea was in John Eldridge's prayer in his moving mountains book. He, he actually speaks to that. We can reference, you know, that we can call on this resource, at least ask the Lord to send his angels because there's some heavy duty stuff that has come on. I mean, one of my favorite ones, you know, my sense of humor is the, the angel that whacked Peter upside the head when he was, <laughs> he was asleep between the two guards, you know, in the book of Acts. You know, I think it's Acts chapter 12, you know, he's asleep, which is a funny thing because they're fixing to behead him, but, you know, so you can tell that he's got some peace and he's asleep and this angel whacks him upside the head. And then almost like in the movie, the Santa Claus, you know, he, he, (laughs) I don't think he uses tinsel to take the gates off, but, but nonetheless opens the chains and, and, and Peter's coming out and Peter thinks he's having a vision. He doesn't even realize that what's going on. And then one of the cool things that the angel does is he says he opens the front gate of the city. You know, it, you can imagine that for them, this is a major event. Oh, absolutely. That you don't just open the front gate of Jerusalem. I mean, it just ain't coming open in the middle of the night. But this angel makes that happen. And so you get the idea. They got serious power. A lot of people have died at the hands of angels, you know, according to the scriptures. If, you, if you're not familiar with, you know, the way that that city was structured, it's a great thing to go, you know, look it up online and say, okay, what was old Jerusalem look like? You know, and they have the sheep gate, they have all these different gates and, and realize it was a guarded city. And so the, the only way they kept the enemy out on a routine basis was to keep these gates shut and only let certain people in. And so what a huge deal that the main gate, the largest thing that they protect is thrown open by the angel so that Peter can go out. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a mind blowing event that's going on that this is completely real and and this is an aspect of life that you know we get a picture of because of what morpheus is in in my view if you take that pill it's, it's like if you read the bible you begin to see 
how deep the rabbit hole goes, that there's a lot that has gone on that, that really does not seem like what we view reality to be, even the fact that we are at times entertaining angels. Yeah, I, I talked about times on the show. I mean, I grew up in a church that was very, very nice, nice people. We never, ever talked about spiritual warfare. I don't remember it ever being referenced. And so my whole context of growing up was not this big battlefield, this battlefield where you know God put these angels in place that he commands to go protect his people. Go read through Scripture. It's full of that, where, where God protects his people with angels. You know, a couple of the stories we're talking about off on the break. Yeah, well, undoubtedly, as the Christian car guy, a couple of times I've asked people to call in with their experiences where they saw God. And I'll never forget the one man whose son, and it doesn't seem like about cars, but he related the story. He had a special needs son who was not able to roll over. And I think at the time he was like one or two years old and he was in the crib and, you know, totally disabled. And somehow or another, he fell out of the crib. But miraculously, according to the, the caller, that there was a pillow that made its way somehow miraculously underneath where the boy fell that was used to be on the bed, the last that the guy knew. <laughs> and not only did he land on the pillow, but he landed face up when you think about how he would have rolled out of the crib, according to the, the man that called. There was no way that that would happen. And he knew. He knew that, that God had sent an angel to protect his son's life. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had you know, lots and lots and lots of callers to explain things that happened to him that just would make no sense unless something else jumped in there. Again, I think it's important to note who's behind that. Right. Yeah, the God's, God's active. I mean, he's active in your life with his spirit, but he's active also with this, this group of people called angels that he's sending out to battle for you. You know, when we go back into Scripture, it doesn't, how good would Scripture be if it was exceptions and not examples? You know, when we hear somebody talk about something like that, you go, ah, there's something that feels kind of weird about that. But that's exactly what Scripture talks about. Right? Daniel in the lion's den. Yeah, he was pretty well protected. Yeah, he was, it says they sent an angel to shut the, the lion's mouth. But the important thing is that got out. Yeah. And, and you see in the book of Acts, Jesus commissioned us. You're to be my witnesses. What have you seen of the matrix? So like Morpheus, we're all out there sharing the red pill. Mm-hmm. And we do have that choice. We can say, you know what, I'm just going to take that blue pill. I'm going to go back to, to Sunday morning, and, and I am going to sing God's praises of love, which is amazing. But I just don't feel like fighting that whole spiritual battle you're going to get hammered. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, I've been there. You're going to get hammered. That battle is raging around you. So what other option do you have but to take the red pill and to be calling on God to, God, I need your angels. I need your favor here. He loves you. I mean, you're his favorite, Robbie, right? I mean, we're all yeah. his favorite. So why wouldn't he send things to help protect his favorite? It doesn't mean that life won't happen to you. Right, life happens, and sometimes it doesn't always work. Just like that angel had to battle for thirty days to get to Daniel. A lot of life happened to Daniel during those thirty days, right? So it doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It's just that battle is going on, and so calling on that and realizing that, regardless of what you're going through or what God, what's what's happening in your life, God is active and He's pursuing you and protecting you. 
and he's got some serious firepower. But part of the aspect of the matrix, or from my standpoint, spiritual warfare that we're not aware, is the people that are arrayed against you are extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. They have some really bad stuff coming your way, your family's way, and you're going to need some real firepower in order to battle it. And as you pursue God, as you grow closer in your prayer life to him and whatever, as he begins to reveal these things, that, that you realize more of what it is that, that is going on. Well, you look back where Jesus tried to command legion. Right. Out, right. It took Jesus two times to do it. I mean, Jesus, the Son of God, the, the, the Holy Trinity, I mean, the, the I Am, right? I mean, he and God were, were there. He, he was the Word, and he had to command twice. So what do you think we're going to be able to do? Yes, we have authority in Christ through his name, but we need help. Yeah, or, you know, the other example you, t- you spoke of earlier, you've been praying, 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 looking for an answer and wondering why it's taken six weeks. Well, if we're talking Daniel here, yeah. <laughs> if it took Daniel six weeks, there's a possibility yours might be seven, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, maybe seven and a half, really. You know, Could be some traffic, but... That we're we're dealing with these dark principalities, and, and we can sit there and say, "I don't want to think about that." As I said a minute ago, but what's your other option? To play whack a mole, <laughs> 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 to use your term, Robbie, you're going to get hammered. Right? And, and so, having that daily prayer that you talk about, that you do, Robbie, that hey, Father, I need your angels. It, does that make a big difference for you every day? I have really, you know, I've, I've been working on it for six weeks. I didn't mean to make a New Year's resolution, but it's kind of worked out that way. And, and I really feel like at least I'm understanding the battle better. I don't know that I'm winning it anymore, but at least I'm seeing what's, a, what's out there and I'm, I'm seeing where I can engage in loving on people because that's kind of where that goes. And so you're getting what Elisha was asking for, Yeah, right? You're getting to see that battle. You're getting to see that that enemy that's coming at you more clearly instead of clouded with all those things that happen in life. Clouded with the way that the the world tells you to handle things and more that you can follow God's lead and to love other people through that. And speaking of loving other people, I'd like you to continue to pray for our friend Vinny who did lose his wife a couple weeks ago. I know that it's, uh, I can't imagine what he's going through right now and just ask that you continue to pray for him. We miss him dearly and and we love him dearly and we hope that... uh, God will continue to lift him up through this challenging time. And don't forget to go register for boot camp April 4th through 6th. 6th through the 9th. 6th through 9th. I always say that wrong. 6th through 9th. Go to masculinejourneyradio.org and register now. Talk to you next week.